Um, that's been a nine-year evolution of in the last probably three years, we maybe only gained 50 clients, but we've doubled our, our income. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Level Up Radio presented by Coach Now. I'm Spencer Dennis, and on today's show, we feature Michael Hughes. Michael is the founder of Gymnazo, a 3D movement and functional movement facility up in a tiny town of San Luis Obispo. The reason why I mention the size of the town is because Michael's been able to carve out an elite training business up there that does small group, semi-private, rehabilitation, and a whole heck of a lot more, honestly, um, and carve it out to be a seven-figure-a-year business. Now, on today's talk, we're going to be covering how he got there, his early days, his evolution, his origin story, essentially, as well as what he's doing today to continue to grow that business and build in uh, not only other offerings, but really, really harness the focus of retention. Michael is one of the smartest and hardest working people I've ever met. I've had the good fortune of working with him side by side uh, a bit ago. I've known him for about nine or 10 years now. And uh, it's been awesome to see his business grow from being inside, uh, well, actually being a personal trainer, to working inside of a big box gym, to opening up numerous locations over the years, and now blowing it up, like I said. So with that, I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Take some notes. There's lots of good stuff in here, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks. <laughs> it's fun. So today, today is, uh, is, a, is a perfect day because it's a day where I come in uh, early morning, just go right to the floor, got the workouts, got my semi-privates, training people, um, dialing people in for their individual wants and needs on one side of the facility uh, where it's kind of our specialty side. And the other side of, of the facility, you just see just the, you know, three different workouts going on you know 50 people or so just crushing it and having a great morning and then ride that into a, a few personal clients and into a, a little meeting and then all afternoon i just been um, writing scripts for this online course nice. and uh, answering emails here and there and grab a quick lunch and um, it's really a, a pretty sweet day um when you kind of think about it and yeah. i'll be out here at 5 30 and do it again tomorrow yeah so so it's, you, it's a it's a nice hybrid, basically. So you've got a mixture at this point in your career, right, where you're doing some hands-on, but you've also got some staff underneath you that you've trained up that's doing a lot of the programming mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe walk us through, if you can, as quickly as you can, because we'll dive into the specifics as we go and just kind of keep the conversation organic. But I I first met you, geez, I don't know, at least 10 years ago, right? At least. Yeah, no, at least. At, at least 10 years ago, right? We met in the academy world. Um, I was the golf coach. You were the fitness professional, bringing, bringing all the um, nutrition and fitness education that you brought. It wasn't necessarily always widely received the way that we wanted it to be, <laughs> but we won't touch into that right now. That's for maybe the director's cut of this podcast. Yeah. But um, that was you you know, kind of early 20s, right, was your age at that point? I was probably had to be uh, no no older than 25. All right, so, yeah, so early like 25, 20s. somewhat fresh out of school, um, and I think you were training at a, a gym, you were training at Kennedy part-time, right? Or yeah, were you kind not? of a, a, yeah, a, a big box fitness, as, yeah. as a kind of family fitness zone. Yep, and, yeah, was it. and mm-hmm. then you became kind of the specialist for our group, and shortly thereafter, you started 
niching yourself out, right? You developed your style in which you do things and we're able to take over a room within this big box facility. So maybe right first, right off, we get off the bat, let's maybe talk about the evolution of that, right? How Perfect. did you pitch the big box? How yep. did you show that you're going to bring value to them and not only yourself and do something different? So let's, let's talk about the, the beginnings of that. Yeah. So that was, that was a very interesting time. So we're talking like 2008, 2009, yeah. where, you know, at least in America, there's some turmoil going on. You know, it was, it was a hairy time when um, people were losing homes, people were losing jobs, economy was was definitely going down. You know, San Luis Obispo, where we're at here, it's it's it's. I don't want to say it's a bubble, but it certainly was hit, but wasn't hit as hard as yeah. as some other uh, spots. And that was a time, honestly, coincidentally, where my training, personal training schedule, was getting to the point where it's like, how many more hours can I fit in a day? Therefore, how many people can I fit into a day? And how am I going to leverage this? And it really kind of just, it was played in the back of my mind. And it was a great, it was a, again, um, how do you want to call it, coincidental or not, but the lower aspect of our training facility was a doctor's office, chiropractor's office, uh, massage right. therapy's office, yeah. and they moved out. Uh, it, you know, they just couldn't manage it. And at that time, I was taking my one-on-one -on -one clients and basically saying, you guys, I, we're, I'm training you so closely in programming. How about you share the same session? We'll slash the price. We'll give you a good, solid workout. And it may just be a little bit more fun. Yeah. And that was going on on the floor. And we were literally taking over pieces of the floor. Like the weightlifters hated us. They absolutely okay. hated us. Like, what are you doing with all this space? And we're running circuits, and I got a stopwatch, and I'm barking at him—not barking at him, but you know, encourage them, having a great time. And then we looked at this space; it was 3,000 square foot, chopped into doctor's office types rooms. That's right. So one room was as kind of their the physical therapy gym. It was no bigger than probably 500 square feet. Carpet, and I had my—I literally had my Apple laptop playing music. Uh -huh. <laughs> As we're down there doing our first workout, and that was, an, and then from there, from day one, 2009-ish to 2013, those three years, kind of, you kind of place it in there. Time, uh, we completely transformed that room into a 3,000 square foot, one single room training facility with rubbers, mat, and the whole thing. It's just yeah. a, it was a really a fun progress. But the conversation with the owner or the owners was really that simple. You have unutilized space. We, we have a program that is um, different, it's new. It's bringing hype and energy to the gym. Can we use this space? Can I take some equipment left over from upstairs, bring it downstairs? And the answer was yes, 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 um, as a trial. Yeah. Trial, trial, trial. Right. And uh, we had three different, essentially, demolitions, you know, as we continue to expand into that spot. And uh, it was just, it was kind of tooth and nail fighting, but it wasn't angry fighting. It was, mm, where's the numbers? Where's the yeah. numbers? words and numbers. And they always had had faith, which is absolutely phenomenal. They always said, hey, you can do this, but show us that you can do it first. Yeah. And then the building off that what came to a point where it was, so, it was big enough. I said, hey, I need more equipment. They're like, ah, we don't have the budget for it. I was, like, I was like, can I buy it my own? Can I buy it myself? Excuse me. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And then it came to the point where I was like, hey, this is all my stuff now. Yeah. Can I have sole access to this spot? And then they said, yes. And that was interesting. 
And then I said, hey, I can't do it all by myself. Can I hire people? And they're like, well, they have to be our club's employees. Yeah. But yes. So then I got to hire my own staff. And then it was just this whole process of yeah. just, it was an, I was in an incubator. It was such an amazing incubator to learn business where I got to walk out the front door every night, not worrying about the alarm, not worrying about the cleaners, not worrying about the, totally. you know, the overhead. All the things you worry about now, but yeah, we'll get, all to, we'll all get to that things. now. Exactly. We'll get to that in a little bit, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's that, that's that kind of first um, three-year program. We weren't even a business at, at that yeah. point. Um, it was fun. It was it was kind of the wild west in a sense of making thing ha- making things happen and really dialing in the methodology. I think that's probably the most important thing is because you just go off what you learned and what's popular at the time. And uh, the CrossFit um, mantra was really rising up strong yep. at that time. It wasn't where it, where it is now by any means. And so you just kind of made stuff hard. But it was the application of the cornerstone of our methodology through applied functional science that really put structure to this and, and now has given us the foundation to where we are now, which is, um, well, different. Yeah. Different. It's, it's you know, a lot different. Yeah. 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 And we'll, we'll get to that for sure. And I think, so I've, I've heard this story a lot, right. From different coaches in different industries. And I'm one of them too, right. I built this whole software platform somewhat out of a need and organically. And I, I definitely didn't set out to do what I'm doing, but here I am. Um, and there's trials and, and difficulties along the way, but I think for you, it was really cool to see your growth. Cause I was just kind of right there alongside of you witnessing it. And at that time I was still coaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to send some of my kids and some of my clients to you, which was yeah. really cool. And then there was a point when you were no longer in the big box. Mm-hmm. So maybe walk us through the transition point from there, how, how you broke up, uh, with someone and took mm-hmm. the big leap, right? Cause you took a leap to then yeah. go into a facility on your own where you are worrying about the electricity bills and all the other stuff. Mm. And I know, and I know the inner workings of some of that too, where, where there was some troubles um, eventually with the landlord and the lease and yeah. uh, maybe walk I'll, us through that as sensitively as you can, but walk us through that because sure. that's going to be headaches that everybody faces for sure. It's just real. You know, yeah, um, I think anyone who has success has to say, have to, has to pay success tax. Hmm. And I'm stealing that from a uh, mentor of mine. He's that, that terms like you, you didn't just get there. Right. Nothing just smooth sailed you there. Um, but uh, so we're in this point where we're operating pretty much as our own standalone, uh, again, business in a sense, in in this big box place. Yep. And it comes to the point where um, I, I I can't go any further in the story without mentioning this beautiful blonde haired girl named Peyton. <laughs> yeah, um, good move. Yep. I, I just, it just couldn't happen because it was, uh, you know, so for those of you watching, uh, now my wife, um, but at that point, someone who I wanted to hire to help me with marketing. Um, the challenging part with this was, you know, to be a member of Gymnazo, a program name, you had to be a member of the gym, Kenny Club Fitness. Right. So let's just say for simple numbers, I was charging 150 a month. Kenny was charging 65 a month. That's so no stupid. matter what, you you were above 200 just, just to walk through my doors. Yeah. And uh, even though if you wanted nothing to do with, with Kenny Club Fitness, but rightfully so, it's their property. It's They had to pay the mortgage on, on that building. So. Yeah. I understand. Um, so when we, we had about we had 92 um, active members at that time coming in on a on a weekly basis, and it was I you know they were Kennedy Club Fitness was you know, I'd like to praise them as much as possible. They were awesome, and I were said they, how were they taking a percentage as well on top oh, of yeah. that? 
Yeah. At that point, it was a a a excuse me a percent split, mm-hmm. and I kept asking for more. I rightfully felt that I deserved it for what the energy I was putting in, and it and again I really say good on them. They finally said no, our business model won't take it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't personal. It's like, no, our business model is set for X, Y, Z. You're asking for ABC. No. Yeah. Uh, make it work. Charge more. Da, da, da. So now I'm in this charge more game, which is I'm gonna just outdo the market eventually. Yeah. So why does it just honestly jump ship now? So that's when you really we go, uh, my uh, gosh, at that time I'm gonna have to say girlfriend, maybe not fiance at that time. We're sitting in my uh, in my spare bedroom office, and I said, you know, this is many meetings, but just gonna try to sh- condense it down. I said, give me worst case scenario, and luckily for her, worst case scenario, working as a business consultant, yeah, for a business consulting firm in town, uh, she you can just see how this route just perfectly comes in. She knows marketing, she knows business consulting, yeah. she knows I can I can I can run basically a spreadsheet. But then, anyways, and she says, all right, here's worst case scenario. How many members are we gonna are, are we gonna have when we open? I'm like, good question. So I sent an email out. I said we are going to be um, planning to move. Who would come with us? Yeah, I, I, I'm not really asking them to come. I'm just saying who would. And uh, we sent 93 emails out, and we got 92 yeses. And I was like, wow, all right. So there's our number. So we did yeah. some calculations, and she said, this is worst case scenario. This is best case scenario. I said, let's do it. And here we go. So then if you've ever built a facility, which I've been, have had the pleasure, <laughs> I like to say, three times to build a facility um, from scratch. And uh, you got you know, you to find money somewhere. So yeah. we got some private funding, and um, here we go. Off to the races. And you find, you learn through um unfortunately through naivety and ignorance you know you, you trust those who you need to trust and you know we're only in that new facility for a year and a half because we trusted we trusted people that um well maybe had the the best intentions of the of the contract yeah. but not necessarily as the two parties of the contract and uh, so that yeah so that was a that was a um that was a a big build out for us that yeah, we've never was. really got to recoup that cost, the sunken in TI cost uh, until we moved again. And uh, so from 3000 square feet um, to 6,000 square feet uh-huh. to 13,000 yeah. square feet. And it's kind of funny in fitness. People always, it's kind of how they measure a little bit. Yeah. They measure like how your success is by how big your facility is. And it's really a poor representation, Yeah, but, it, you know, it, it what what it can show is like we went to a big spot that we had no right to be in. Yeah. <laughs> we had no right to be there, but um, you make it work. Yeah, and you, I won't I won't ask you the actual yeah. question per se, but sometimes huh. uh, like in the restaurant business, as an example, a lot of times people are measuring the success off dollars per square foot. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so if I got like a three hundred square foot restaurant and I'm selling a bunch of stuff out of that and making a bunch of money, that's fantastic. Versus. 30,000 square feet that I can't fill. I got empty tables. Right. Right. Um, so it's not always about how big the business is, yeah. like square yeah. footage, right? It's the revenue right. per square foot in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's jump back a little bit to the private money part because a lot of questions that we get here 
it, well, one, I took traditional funding in the way, private money too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, I sold off shares of my imaginary company at the yeah. time, right? It didn't even really exist. And I sell off shares, continue to do that. And then eventually we got acquired and, you know, we're working through that whole thing again. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people in the more traditional business sense, the brick and mortar training facilities, like what you're doing, there's bank loans. That's one strategy. Uh, there's oh. private money from friends and family, which is definitely a common route. Mm -hmm. um, it's less common to go to like super seasoned investors, right. um, but maybe that's a level that you guys are at now. But let, let's talk through the way that you got some of those startup costs covered um, and helped reduce at least your personal risk, although yeah. you're bringing other people into it. Yeah, um, it, it's really a simple. It's really a simple story. Um, we knew we knew what the equipment cost was because I purchased it all. Yeah. That was the best part. Like, you know, I was seasoned at knowing what a facility would cost because I usually, I, I bought all the equipment off my own private funds, yeah. just profits from my paycheck, really my W2. It's kind of interesting how that worked out anyways. And then, um, but Candy Club Fitness would fund me for flooring and for paint and for uh, demolition of walls and for turf. But I literally did everything. All I did is say, can I please have your credit card number? Okay. So I was at that point well-versed on what it would cost. Yeah. And, and at that point, now you have the opportunity. And we were using horse stall mats. Horse stall Cause mats. Because that was horse stall mats in our first facility because that was, that was the cheapest per square foot rubber that I could find. And right next door, uh, this local farm supply, you know, it's That's kind of a good a, tip for any fitness trainers yeah. out there listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. Horse on that's four yeah. by six. They weigh a hundred pounds each. I moved 203 of them. Damn. Okay. Cut them with a razor blade. <laughs> Three quarter inches thick yeah. to make it fit. And, um, you know, there's, I'm not alone in that people know that, but horse stall mats are because once you sell it to a human being, uh, prices are doubled. Once right. you, we sold to an animal, oh, prices are half. It's kind yeah. of funny. Goes. So, uh, but it was next door. So I brought a buddy's truck. And anyway, so those kind of things. Um, I had friends come in and do paint work and, and, and artistry kind of work. I, um, I knew what expensive pieces of equipment like a Kaiser cost. And it's not just a Kaiser, but it's a compressor. It's not just a compressor. It's airlines. Yep. Um, and I'm a kind of an, I don't want to say OCD, but, you know, a perfectionist. So it was knowing it had to look right, you know had to look good and um, knowing a lot that you know going to trade shows and I, I have to give a, a big kudos to perform better because I would go to the Ursa trade show and I'd buy equipment once a year and I'd only buy it at that trade show because I could get 15% off yeah. minimum yeah. and free shipping so the, every year they'd be like hey Michael good to see you again um, give me five minutes. I got a few people to take care of and we'll have a meeting and literally we'd have a meeting in their booth and I did that for four, well, four different times. Yeah. Four different times. So again, that whole process. So the private funding part was, um, it was just getting the space for the building and uh, I'll just keep it simple, but I had family members who basically knew the work ethic that I put into those three years of building it. Yep. And uh, to them, it was a no-brainer. Um, it's still interest charged. It's, I'm still paying interest on that money. Okay, so you took it as a loan uh, rather than an Oh, equity? it's still a loan. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. still a loan. And um, yeah, they had no interest in ownership. Okay. But I don't blame them, you know. Uh, there's only a few people that have equity ownership in big fitness and those are venture back spots anyways. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, I'll be honest with you, we're still paying back that loan. Okay. We haven't been in that facility in six and a half years. So just to know what it's like to leave a facility before you should. Anyways, um, not complaining, but it's success tax. Yeah, (laughs) success tax. I think that's a really uh, a key phrase we should take from this conversation for sure. Yeah. So, um, so that was it. So yeah. So that's a that is that is an easy check to write every single month. Yeah. Uh, And it's really amazing, you know, if you've done that and to realize that once that's paid off, that's a few grand that you just put right back to the bottom line or somewhere else. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that in the next few years. Um, that's like, wow, that's a that's a good chunk. Yeah. Good chunk. So I, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. Up. Yeah, because I my parents, I mean, I, I've grown up in an entrepreneurial household. I mean, my parents owned restaurants, right. and when I was six or seven, I was sleeping in the back office and slanging yeah. pizzas, right? So, I mean, I, I know what it's like. Yeah. And I know my dad always tells the story now. It's like when I needed money, no one would give it to me. Now that I got money, people want to give it to me all the time. Right, yeah. like huge lines of credit. Do you need some money yeah. for this? Need for it? And then he's like, "No, I don't need any of your money. I could have used it back then, though." So, and I, I know that to be true now, and I, I like that to, uh, you know, my dad is a, a really good, uh, a huge supporter of what we're doing, mm-hmm. and he's always one of those guys too. That's like, I don't want to die with all my money, and I don't want to, and I don't yeah. want to give it to you when you're like sixty. When I like when I die, <laughs> I don't want to give it to you. I'm right. going to give it to you when you're young enough to where you can spend it and build something. Right. Um, so I, you know, I'm in, in incredibly indebted to my family that way and their belief systems. And it sounded like you had similar support. Yeah. Um, to get it it was great. Ground. Yeah. It, it was on, we just grew up in an entrepreneurial family and yeah. you know, it's kind of funny cause I always believed that I, I would own my own business one day yeah. and that it was a sense bestowed to me that I would be successful. Right. And, it's like, oh yeah, that's easy. I mean, my every uncle of mine does it. All my aunt does it. It's like, I'm just gonna do it. And like, yeah. well, what's bestowed upon you is the fact that work ethic is there. Yeah. But other than that, you got to put the uh, sweat equity. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. So that was a very fun time, a very and a very trying time, and a lot of time, and also a time where you look back and be like, man, I wish we would have made a different decision. And you know, I would drive to that facility okay. and and not be the most excited that we were there. You know, because I was already already looking. I, I don't. I, I don't like to say this because you want to be content with where you are enough to enjoy life. Sure. You know, too much ambition is. Well, I'm not saying bad, but you're always looking to the next the next level and not really enjoying the the purpose of what you're there there for. But yeah. you know, you're looking. You're like, man, there's something better. We messed up on that. We didn't do the right thing there. I can't wait until we have the funding to do this. And unfortunately, for that story, I'm still doing it in this facility. Yeah. Which. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. I can't wait to yeah. build our own, you know, pay rent to myself versus pay rent to someone else. But, but right. I give it, you know, so I don't know how many trainers have that, have that focus uh, where they want to own something. Um, I'm hearing it more and more. I mean, it, is that right? Yeah. Well, it's just like in the restaurant business. I love to cook, so I want my own restaurant, right? And, and the, those aren't connected. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Some people should just be phenomenal trainers. They should be. Yes. Not and, everyone you know, is ready for the entrepreneurial journey the the jump off and everything that it takes to do it yeah and if i could steal something real quick i actually think that most trainers should instead of going to learn about better marketing better business better volume retention i would just become a better coach agreed Agreed. that's what i first well i think too many people at conferences and i know the conferences you go to these days are more about the 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 movement like the human body and things like that they're not as as much around the marketing, although I know you do guys, you do continue to educate yourselves. But 
But what I'm getting at is that when you go to a lot of these bigger conferences, there's so many panels on the marketing side of things, mm-hmm. not as much around retention. And when mm-hmm. I say retention, that's the be a better trainer part, right? Mm-hmm. Just really care about your people and what you do yeah. with them. Provide more value if I can yes. just niche it down. Yep. Provide more value rather than always looking around the corner and trying to be, you know, a social media guru and get all these people coming right. to you, right? If you keep exactly. the people happy exactly. in front of you, you're going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's talk about that in the context of you have a product that you are selling, which is really, really high quality when you're back in the big box uh, gym scenario. You then went beyond yourself and started hiring some people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are in that situation right now where they're at, they're at capacity personally and mm-hmm. they want to scale their offering. But maintaining a quality product is always a very scary thing, right? How can yep. you leave the gym and trust that it's going to be done the way you want it to? Yep. So let's maybe talk about the beginnings of that, kind of the, the person you used, you used to be in mm-hmm. regards to hiring and training in the early days, right? Just kind of figuring it out, kind of fall, failing your way through it. Yep. And then maybe how that's evolved over time. And I, because I'm sure uh, you're much better at it now, right? Having been yeah. through it. Yeah, I have a great story to show you. Yeah, uh, I have a great. I love this story. I hated it then, but I love the story. So I was at a, a Titleist Performance Institute Level One Fitness Coach Conference. Yep. In Minnesota, and here I am, and uh, I'm having a great time. We're at the we're at the cocktail hour, having a grand old time, and I go up to one of the founders, and. Uh, I was having a conversation with him, and I said, "Hey, I have I have just a question for you. Um, what is how do I grow? What's success? How is this going to work?" And he says, "Gosh, you know that's a great question. I have a question for you back. Are you the best trainer in your area, your local ten square miles?" And, I, and he said, "Be honest with me." I said, arrogantly but slightly more confidently, "Yes, I am." He says, "Good, good, good for you. You sh." Gosh darn it, I bet you are. And he said, you want to grow, right? I said, absolutely. He says, and you're the best trainer in your area. I says, yes, I am. He says, good, you'll never grow. And he just was quiet. And there's about three other people around me just like looking at him like. Just pondering where this is headed. <laughs> Where's this guy going? Yeah. And I said, excuse me? He says, you're the best in, in the area. I said, oh, yeah, I am. He says, uh, then you're not going to grow. I said, okay, um. Can you unpack that for me? He says, if you think you're the best in the area, then you'll never trust anyone else yeah. to hire on. Yeah. And that hit me pretty much like a ton of bricks. And no joke, no more than three months later, I hired my first coach. Yeah. And it was someone who I trusted because I grew, I grew time with him. He was another trainer in the gym, younger than I was, um, in a sense, you know, I, I knew his character, I knew his values. Yeah. That's the most important thing. I never, I've learned, you don't hire someone's talent, you hire someone's values. Spencer here with a quick note. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe. That way you don't miss out on any future episodes. And also we'd love to connect with you in different ways. So give us a follow on social media at Coach Now App. That way we can connect with you over there and uh, you can get further insight to a lot of coaching best practices Uh, from not only us, but all the coaches and teachers and trainers that we work with. So with that, thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And I always said, I don't care how smart you are. I don't care what schooling you have. In fact, the least amount of schooling, the better. 
because I want you to learn how we want to do it, not how you were doing it. But you got to be a great person. You have to be outgoing enough. You have to have um, good integrity, da, 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 da. So those personal values, if I could say anything, know what your company values are and your coach values are and hire to those and never be sidetracked by someone who has, oh, this one has so many certifications. I, I don't, I could care less. Because yep. I'm the guy who, you know, I'm the guy who didn't get into PT school after uh, 12 schools rejected me. I'm the guy who says I, they, I, that I'm not good enough on paper. So either they were right or I screwed the system. Something happened, right? You yeah. know? So the point of the matter is, is that you know, business is about value. Taking care of people is about how you treat them. So the internship process was essentially doing my best to regurgitate um, what I learned through my fellowship schooling, which is essentially non-graduate level schooling. Yeah. And um, it's amazing the evolutions. I've now gone through probably 11 different evolutions of that internship because every year we have at least one internship class. Yep. And the first one was like, hey, let's just go hang out in the facility. And we'd spend literally eight hours on a Saturday, eight hours on a Sunday just writing programming and talking and sharing how I want this to be done and why I don't like that exercise, why I do like this exercise. And then it turned into, well, this is, well, that's because the hip works like this when it's on the ground. But it works like this when you're laying down. It's different. So, yeah. you know, so that was really the process in the beginning. And that's then it came down to just showing the basics of movement and then really going to, I'm going to say this very, very simply, five-star customer care. You know, it really is, you know, we have a lot of great trainers who are great people trading on personality. But what happens when that personality is tapped and that's it? Is that, you know, what else are you going to do? And so really to understand how to communicate to people, our behavioral knowledge is, I don't want to say super, but our, the depth that we go into understanding the human psychology and in movement is, is pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Um, so what books to read, what, uh, what people to follow, what podcast, well, there weren't, there weren't podcasts back, back then, yeah. but you know, yeah. what, what, um, what people to uh, read on audiobooks where the case, um, where the, the case was. So, yeah. That was a big deal. And then it's refine, 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 refine. Um, and then the coolest part was you just put it on your website. And then your your fellow past interns go back to their college or their coaches have friends. And now, now people just come to you. I'm not saying we have 100 people knocking down our door. That's not the case. But, um, yeah, we don't go and search for coaches anymore. Um, and I'm, that's not an arrogant comment. That's a pride comment. Yeah. Our coaches our coaches bring new coaches to us like our members retention, right? yeah our members right bring coaches to, to us you know we may go do a quick speech at the kinesiology um you know part of of the local university but that's that's about it yeah that's about it. So, so what does the team look like now because you've got the trainers that are on the floor day to day helping yep. with the programming and delivering the programming and then you've got your business arm. You've even got, um, I think, some people running the front desk. I mean, maybe talk about oh, the, the entire team now. Yeah. Um, there needs to be business. You know, like I said, there's a lot of coaches who just seem to be better coaches, yeah. you know, first and foremost. But regardless, business has to be there. So um, right now, to this current day, and those who are listening, we only have your one person. You know, this, was a, this has been uh, 10 years, nine years to get to this point. Yeah. Um, but we have two people running uh, front desk. One is purely customer service. One is sales and retention and software management. 
and uh, director of, of WOW Opportunities. I can go in that later. Yeah, please, um, yeah. Um, but she's also a manager of the, of the, of the operations of the facility. Um, and she, you know, and and then I have my wife who's essentially the CEO of the, or co-CEO to be quite frank. And she uh, does finance and legal and marketing and uh, high level HR. And then there's me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm the only person who's co-coach, co-business. Um, and I do, um, I'm COO, co-CEO, you know, a lot of hats you got to wear sure. facility. I'm also janitor at, at times we have janitors, but you know, those, those kind of kind of things. So there's, there's three full-time, uh, business staff, um, and then one part-time business staff myself. And then we have seven, uh, excuse me, six other coaches that just manage coaching. That's and then we have, yeah, what's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. I, those are the best checks I write. Actually, Peyton writes them, but that's a bet. You know, like I love payroll. I, you know, I mean, love. It's the biggest expense, but to me, payroll is the. That's the happiest that I ever feel. Mm. Um, I can. I'll skimp on anything else, but I'm not going to skimp on payroll. And that's yeah. a different um, business uh, venture that I think fitness could could grow from. But in any case, um, and but those levels, but those coaches are kind of from. Uh, we have senior movement practitioners. Okay. We have a lot of names for these things, but anywhere from part-time coaches. Um, that have other jobs to this is someone's full career. They have a salary. They've got their 40-hour grind. Not, I don't say grind, but you know, yeah. process to go through. Sure. It's a grind. It, it, it is work, but it is definitely it's, – it's, it's work, but it's not a job. That's what we like to say. Okay. Um, and, uh, and that's been great. And we would like to have, have one more for where, for where we are. So we'd like to have um, three part-time. We have uh, two, four – five, six full-time coaches. Dang. This is their only job. This is all yep. they do. But that's the goal. The goal is to like to really to ever, to raise up the industry of Agreed, fitness. Man. There's too many people it, bouncing around from place to place because they can't afford to do it. I know. And that's it. It's not that they, it's not that they're great. It's not that they're passionate. It's not that they don't love taking care of people and serving from yep. the bottom of their heart, you know, but making 30 grand a year is not going to cut it. Well, how many it's yoga teachers teach at like seven studios, you know, right. it's like, and that's even hard too, because you talk to any yoga instructor when they, when that, when they know that they have a instructor that goes six other places. Yeah. Where's the brand loyalty? Where's the you know? Now they're managing. I mean, someone who can never be there. It's now it's just whole. I'm not saying it's. I don't want to say it's a bad thing. It's a limitation. Yeah. The growth of that of of that core brand, and it's tough when you never know when someone's going to just sub in, in and out. And you know, we have different rules about if you coach here, you coach here. And we, there are exceptions to that. But the main goal is that, you know, I'm happy to say that we, we had at least double that 30K nice. per year with room to, to grow. Yeah. But you have to. You have to do that. Um, if, if one thing I've learned more than anything else is you don't take care of your athletes and clients. You take care of your coaches. Yeah. That's who you invest in. Yeah. That's who you go above and beyond for. Um, then they will take care of your clients. And it seems really weird to do it like that because it's like, no, I got to give my clients my clients. Uh, you obviously give them what they, what they want. Um, but what they need comes from your staff. Yep. Um, so that's been something we're still refining. By no means do I want to sound like we're, uh, we got it figured out. We just have a little bit more figured out than when, when we weren't, well, where we are now. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's been that's been that's been really great. And I, if I could keep going, what I what I'm really proud about is that we all speak the same language. 
We all have the same education. We have other people that branch off a little bit, but you know, no one's, we're all, we're all teaching each other more every day versus like, Oh, he does that. I don't do that. When you see, when you see any other coach, we literally are all saying great on that. I like that. Let's see how we can refine that. So there, you know, when you come in here, you have, you're hiring seven coaches because you will see all seven of us yeah. unless you're with a one-on-one person because you have a, a movement dysfunction, but you only be with that one person for maybe 10 or so visits. Then you're, then you're part of the team. Yeah. And just like any football player, you may be a cornerback and you work with that coach, but doesn't mean that you don't listen to your special teams coach where the case is, you know? Right. Um, so we're all on the same team and I think that's what makes us great. You know, we're always building each other up. Um, someone will go to a, uh, a, um, a learning educational uh, platform someone else they'll come back and they'll download to us what they learned yeah and then a uh, no joke in a week we're you know i'm giving i'm giving that same download to a client and i'd even go attend that seminar That's you know awesome. and so our our ability to spin off each other and become specialists of specialties is kind of um i think what really makes this thing shine um i just really realized that term like a few days ago like what do we do we just like we don't we're, we're, you know we're not there's some brilliant people out there yeah i mean brilliant creators of stuff i'm just brilliant and i don't think we create much we just refine stuff okay so we, we are a melting pot of function and um there's no necessarily wrong or right way they're just i better or worse ways or yeah. more complete less complete i think would be the best way i'd like to say it um, and we're just searching for the more complete, more complete, more complete. And everyone on our staff is doing that same thing. So it's pretty cool. Well, yeah. It's and you've cool. created an environment, uh, of growth mindsets, right? Everyone's, uh, you know what? Gosh, darn it. Why don't I just say that from the front? From the <laughs> <video>? <laughs> would have saved a lot of chatter. No, but it's, yeah. it's solid, man. And I think it's, yeah. it's funny when people ask me what I do on, on a regular basis, it's, I feel like I'm just an advocate for my team. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm making a great sure leader. That, is. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that they have the tools to do what they're needing to do, whether it be money or a, a check off or a piece of content that I may be holding them up on or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as you become more than leadership role, you're doing, you're contributing less and less to the bottom line as far as like uh, producing. Billable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily producing something, but at the same time, um, you're, you're spending most of your time helping the people around you, uh, succeed. And and if you're doing that, then you're in a good spot. And if you're creating a a sense of autonomy, right. I I remember not too long ago, hiring on some new people and their first role is to hire somebody else, right? Your first job, I hired you and now your first job is to hire somebody else. Wow. And, and they said, and they're like, do you want to be a part of it? And I said, no. I'll meet them when you when you've selected them, and I'll only yeah. I'll only chime in at the end to just make sure that I'm not you're not missing any red flags and they're yeah. like some psych some sort of psychopath or something. But yeah. and that's just that's mainly just so I can validate to the board and other people that we work with that I yeah. gave you the stamp of approval. <laughs> but like yeah. I tr- I hired you, so therefore I trust you to then do the next thing that I need you mm-hmm. to do, which is hire somebody to work uh, alongside you, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I think what I, what I want to jump into, because uh, I, there's a few things I want to highlight before we round out the call, but um, one of the things that I think is very, very difficult for any coach or trainer is to, again, kind of, I don't even want to say discover, but develop your niche. 
mm-hmm. and the messaging and how you complete that. And I think even as a company, all companies struggle with messaging what they actually deliver, like what their product yeah. is. And mm-hmm. everybody's going through a rebrand or a, a, a constant look at that. And we're doing the same thing right now on our end. Um, their CrossFit has always had, well, I shouldn't say always, for a long time it was only the gnarliest, most badass people are going to go to CrossFit, right? You're going to walk in that door and you're going to throw up at the end. And if you don't want to throw up, then you're not going to be doing this. Um, I think yeah, they've evolved their messaging over time to be a little more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how you've evolved your messaging over time. And this gets into the other part that I want to talk to you about, your different offerings, right? Because yeah. we, we, we need to eventually get to the point of how you're coaching other coaches. Um, but let's get let's kind of dive through the evolution of the messaging of your product mm-hmm. um, and the different types of clientele maybe you're seeing now versus when you first got started or maybe it's the same I don't know yeah That's no it's it's certainly it's certainly different um, what's interesting when you're first starting out you know you'll take anything that you can get mm-hmm. and that's and you'll man you'll you'll bust your butt to try to make that person happy and yeah. successful and get results. And um, what I've what I've learned from working at other places um, before I started this spot was, um, and I learned this early, and I'm man, I'm very grateful that I learned this. That the one size fits all, or the all ages welcome, is really just a pit. That is okay. a pit of growth. I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, you will certainly have a thriving business for a time, but that there will be a ceiling on that. Mm-hmm. That um, if you don't get out of, well, that, that's it. You'll stay there. Well, we're seeing because, big box gyms feel the same pain, right? They're losing right. out to people like you because it's not specific enough. No, it's not specific enough. And um, that's how I started. And then as soon as I learned that a one size fits all um, is not the way, I did two. I did two different programs. Okay. And that immediately allowed me to just niche at least 50%, right? Okay to who those who wanted to go hardcore and those who just wanted a good fitness. And that one shift um, has been the, um, the spark that has continued to ignite more and more shifts. Because when you come into it, every person has a dysfunction walking to any fitness, any coach, any coach. And you're a golf coach. A 100%. phenomenal golf coach can work around the dysfunction and still make the ball go straight sure. and still make finish 18 holes if not 36 holes, yeah. if not 72 holes, you know? Yeah. So um, that's a, to me, that's a good golf coach. It's not a great golf coach, but it's a good golf coach. So um, any, any coach. Um, so we realized when I had this amazing person named Debbie come in, and she was in, uh, I just call it a baby boomer to keep it simple, um, been an athlete all of life. She crushes it. I mean, she was in the spin studio. She's doing all the group classes, you know, the traditional group classes. Yep. And she comes to my place like, I've, I've, I've heard about you. Let's give it a go. Yeah. I said, great, come on in. You'll be in our level, a level one at that point versus our level two. And, but it was, and now she joined level two and three because we added to level one and I gave away the end of the story. But she says, I can't do that. I walked out of here with more pain than I walked in. And me having a heart ever in the beginning for physical therapy and, and injury restoration, excuse me, and movement restoration, I just watched my ideal dream client walk out of my doors limping. Yeah. That crushed me. That really crushed me. And luckily, she's a person who um, provides great feedback. She says, you build me a program 
that I can do. And I got six people that all sign up immediately. Ah, nice. And at that point, six people was a big deal. Sure. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, it's still a big deal now, but, you know, that's a real big deal. Six people. Wow. So you're seven? Man, okay. So I built a, a program that was perfect for, well, excuse me, at that time, that was perfect. It's been, it's been evolved a lot, but it was perfect. It was little to no impact. If you could walk in, you could do the workout. We would, I would disguise therapeutic movements inside the session. So you actually walked away actually feeling more mobile and more capable. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, did you die? No, but did you need to die? No. No. You know, but could I have made one drill like a real hard, just that one drill, but the other five were, were okay. And that one program has prob that is uh, the biggest growth program we've ever had and still is our most popular program. Let's just go nine years later. Yeah. Where we have, if you're over 55, you come to Gymnazo in a sense. You know, yeah. I know that we don't have every 55 year old over in the entire county. That's ridiculous. But, you know, that because you're going to be taken care of, we're going to push you, we're going to, we're going to make you feel like you have vitality, but you're, you're, uh, you know, artificial hip, your replaced knee, your knee pain that you have when you walk downstairs is not going to be taken care of, but you're going to still walk in and feel like, like an athlete, be treated like an athlete and walk out like you're a rock star. And, uh, that's, so we niched to three, but those are just group programs. Now we have, uh, three, six, um, nine, eight, we have eight different programs at this point. Okay. Um, nine different programs actually. You know, the first program is just movement assessments. We come in and just provide people with movement assessments, functional, upright, three-dimensional, multi-planar, chain reaction biomechanic movement assessments. And uh, people just come and say, I just want to know what I can do. Build me a home program based upon that, on the assessment. Yeah. Like, okay, great. You know, there's more to it than that, but okay, great. And then we have semi-private where it's one on four, one coach to four athletes. Each athlete has their own unique program. We could literally have someone, and I'm not messing with you, who's in their 70s, just wants to play golf once a week, and literally someone training for a Spartan race in the same program, and they could care less that they're in the same program. That's awesome. Um, that's really cool to have that versatility. But you need, you need a very skilled coach to do that. Yep. And then we have three levels of, of group, kind of intro to keep it simple. Um, then we have our our in our med, our mediary, and then we have I, I would say our safe, sustainable CrossFit, just to keep it simple. Sure. Um, and then from there we have three levels of three different groups of restoration training. To me, that is the niche. If you want to double your business with no more clients, then then dive in headfirst to recovery restoration based training. And you may have no idea what that means, but. Just start figuring it out. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Well, there'll be other things that we can talk about that might uh, lead people down right. that path, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah, so we have three different ones, and um, none of them are yoga. None of them are Pilates. Yeah. None of, they're all unique style, but it does have foam rolling involved and stretching involved and yeah. corrective movement involved, but they're all fun. It's not, you know, so um, that's been a nine-year evolution of in the last probably three years, we maybe only gained 50 clients. But we've doubled our, our income. Dang, there's there's a soundbite right there. Oh, that's a good so, one. Yeah, that's been yeah, we're taking better care of our athletes and when they get injured, they don't go to their chiropractor, their physical therapist, their their orthopedist. They come to us. Before, you know, before they go there. And yeah. there's hey, I got a little knee pain on that lunge over there. Gosh, all right, let's see what we can do about it. Yeah. 
Um, so now they're signing up for one-on-one training. Now they get fed into the semi-private, and then two months later, they're back into the group again. Well, versus, you've, got, you've got a pathway, right? You've got a loop that yes. they can go through. Right. You, whatever ails them, you've got it. Um, and not right. that you're the, the, guy, most... the guy with the jacket right. selling everything, but no. you're, I, I think, and I had this conversation not too long ago with a lot of coaches, right? There's there's different offerings that you, you need to have so that you're not dropping people out of the funnel, right? Right. Um, right. Especially when it's cost prohibitive in a lot of training environments to keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how can we keep people engaged? Right. So with that, let's let's talk two more things here specifically. Let's talk technology because you're oh, a technology yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, what that's meant for your business, and obviously there's kind of a shame shameless plug on my part for my. There business. should be a shameless plug. <laughs> uh, but I know you're using other technologies as well that yeah. uh, that are helpful for your business. And then uh, after we talk tech, let's talk how you're using that tech in some ways. Um, to open up new areas of your business. Uh, yeah. Because I think anybody that's been in it as long as you have, uh, there needs to be continual evolutions and there needs to be let's let's create passive income where we can and not mm-hmm. continually exchange time for money because right now you're running yeah. a successful business. You are still um, attached to that business. Meaning yeah. if all the trainers get sick, you're still in there. Yep. Right. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily where someone wants to be for their entire life. And my parents owning restaurants, I know that you have to create a lot of buffers between you and being in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and your business yeah. is no different. If not, right? you're going to be throwing pizzas in the air. Exactly. And you don't want to do that yeah. 70 years old. And my dad yeah. has done that uh, when things go sideways. So it's, it's a bummer. So mm-hmm. for you, let, let's talk technology, what you use, how you use it um, to not only train your clients, but manage your business, maybe even train your trainers. Yeah. So uh, to me, I, I just wrote down, I got a little notepad here. Um, there's three ways that we use technology, um, simply put. There's okay. a fourth way, um, but uh, I'll just cover the three. The first one is management software. Okay. You know, the front desks, the fit degrees, the mind bodies. And honestly, what I love about these is that we probably have uh, two, maybe a dozen, if not a dozen and a half software subscriptions that we pay for every month where we do not have to be business experts. Yeah. We don't have to be good accountants. We don't have to be good marketers. We don't have to be good follow-up people. So we don't have to have a good sales staff because we pay for marketing. So if I could say one message, automate, 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 delegate, 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 mm-hmm. look for the software. That's not going to rob you obviously, but that's going to give you the most value and take a weekend of your life and only study that yeah. and maximize it and do whatever it takes until that system is being optimized at least 50% of its capability. You know, we have softwares that we're still barely scratching the surface, but we're already seeing the tremendous value. So that's yep. the most important thing. Um, and uh, Payton would be the one to really dive into yeah, about we'll that. Yeah, we'll talk about that on a separate yeah. topic, sure. So and then I have a value add software, and that's where Coach Now comes in great. You know, when we do a lot of uh, movement therapeutics, I'll say it that way, you know, it's um, where we're coming, someone literally will come in here after a total hip and the doctor said, don't, you don't have to go to PT. And they're like, are you, I'm going to do something. And they come to us and we'll get them through so they can start working out again, not just living life again, but working out again in vibrancy. So I was thinking about, you know, if, if anyone's been to physical therapy and I'm not putting down physical therapy on this, but you would leave with a printout a piece of paper, stick figures or cool little grams. And, and that's cool because it gives you something to do. 
But I would say, man, I think we can do a whole lot better. Oh, yes, you can. A whole lot better. Yeah. So when we say, I'm going to literally film you a custom program right here, right on the spot that is yours forever, regardless if you never come back and see me again, they kind of blink that. I go, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to film me? It's like, no, 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 you're going to film me. But, you know, so don't worry about it. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to tell you exactly what I want you to do. And you're going to hear my tone. You're going to see my inflection. You're going to see my position. You're going to give, I'm going to give you options upon options. You're going to be able to rewind and go back again. You'll be able to put comments on there. So, you know, we probably manage a dozen comments per day um, between myself only and other coaches manage other people where it's, it's free. It's free to talk to us to let us know through the comments. You know, and um, that's just value add. So uh, way to go, coach, now, because you make our lives better. What we also do um, is now we can have, when we, when you, we, you make workouts, you know, I always say, um, you hope you make new workouts. And most people say, yeah, of course. You know, we have, we have a shelf life of every program. And each program has roughly, I'll just make it simple, 25 workouts in it for how many days a week that we're open. And once that program's been run through, it, it gets shelved, and we yeah. never bring it back again. We never do, because there's always more we're learning. I'm not saying we won't do that one exercise, but that right. one combination of program won't be built back. And we have three different programs, a group, so that means we have 75 programs rewrite at least four times a year. So we're in the hundreds at this point, yeah. almost a thousand different workouts times oof, uh, eight. I mean, we have six, at least six exercises per once so we're in the you know we're getting really up there in our workout uh, library so um it's like what do you do with the sawdust after you cut the wood do you throw it away or do you try to sell it yeah so we're we're trying to sell our sawdust yeah um and we have two we have two byproducts one um a lot of good programming that to be quite frank with you when i first started and i got frustrated youtube yeah yeah click that's a cool move. I don't like that one. That Okay, that's a cool move. I was following the path of least resistance. Is that a bad path? It's not a bad path. But I'd sure love to give coaches who have other important things to do in their lives the programming that we've done. That they can say, gosh, I can't do exercise four, but I can do a quick variation of number four. Mm-hmm. And I would love to, 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 to give those away almost in a sense. You know, yeah. just, gosh, and, and we'll refresh you every quarter with new stuff. From a from a baby boomer, from a soccer mom, from a sustainable CrossFit option, you, know, you can pick and choose. So, that's the first one. The second one is we put out, and I'm. It took me a, a while to say this publicly. I'm going to say this publicly for the kind of for the second time now. We put out amazing coaches, and it's not because I say that; it's because our members have said that over and over and over again. And when a coach leaves, there's some tears shed, kind of thing. You know, there's a going away party by our community. You know, they invite them out to their homes. You know, we don't, we throw one party in a sense. You know, it's a good party, but we throw one party. They go to like four or five. They, you know, they're, and we have, um, again, I'm going to say a system mythology culture that breeds that. And we got to share that. Yeah. You know, we got to raise the, we have to raise the tide because all the boats in that bay are going to rise up too. And I say we're the only ones doing it. We're not, but Mm -hmm. gosh darn it. I, there's. I'm not going to leave this in industry in a in the same space, space that I got it. I'm going to do my very best because I'm the guy who wanted to go be a clinical physical therapist. I'm the guy who who basically didn't do that, and I'm I was looked down upon as a used car salesman of the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just a trainer, huh? 
I was a trainer once too. <laughs> now I'm in. It's like, oh, what do you what do you mean you were a trainer once too? Oh, I got a I got a real, uh, I mean you know a real job. It kind of things like wait. Sure. Mm. Yeah, that's that's I, true that you mentioned that actually. I, I I've listened to a lot of interviews uh, recently of people like, yeah, I was a trainer, yeah. and then now I'm doing something else. Yeah, like, but you no, hear that a lot and across all industries no. because nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, sorry. No, right. There but, is a, it, it's a very difficult thing when you're a coach or someone of service mm-hmm. um, to market yourself, to charge enough, to understand the structure, to have the programming. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, even if you just want to be the best coach and charge for your time. Yeah. It's very difficult to charge enough and deliver the experience, right? And then yeah. so that your effective hourly rate doesn't go from, hey, I'm charging 150 bucks an hour to actually I only make $10 an hour because of all this other stuff I have to do. Right. And you're working before work hours and yeah. you're working at lunch hours and you're working yeah. after work hours and you're totally. working on, on, on weekends. So when are you going to have a family? When do you have a relationship yeah. with your children yeah. that you really are proud of in yeah. a sense? So we want to take the decade of experience that we have and we're going to distill it down to 10 hours. Okay. So we're going to give you 10 years and 10 hours of how to be a the best darn multi-dimensional movement coach that you can be. Mm-hmm. At least our version one, because yeah. we're going to look at it when we're done. Be like, oh, geez, we got to make it better. Oh yeah, you, you know? will. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it goes. But and we're going to do our very best to not just give you, not just give you, oh, here's a workout and here's a squat, and that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. we're going to give you the stuff that's going to do our very best to 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 raise you up, to again to move the needle in your profession. Not because I'm going to make you a better marketer. You'll be a better marketer because you're so darn good. People are going to talk about you and talk about you yep. and talk about you. Um, and you're going to take that blueprint and say, gosh, if I was taught this, I'm going to just have this person who I want to hire watch it. And I'm going to just give them that, and then I'll just fill in the gaps of how I would like to niche it down. And that's that's the second byproduct that, we, that I'm gonna, we're going to do our absolute darndest to try to put out there. And you know, once we put it out there, if we get five people that buy it, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring those five people over and sit them down and for a weekend and say, tell me what you want. Tell yeah. me if I can make it better. You know, yeah. Tell me what you're really missing. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. And where, <clears throat> how far off into the horizon is this for you guys um, as far as having an opportunity to, well, first off, before I ask that question, there was yeah. one point I wanted to make very clear. Um, I have sidelined conversations with you many times over the years, uh, especially around yeah. this particular project that you're working on. Yeah. And, I, and I want it to be clear, even though you are a and I know this, I don't know what this means, but like a fit pro, right? That's what a lot of people say now. Yeah. Um, you're in the fitness space. Uh-huh. Ultimately, though, this is movement. And I think yeah. anybody listening to this, especially if you're a Coach Now user, you are in the business usually of movement and skill acquisition of sorts, yeah. usually related around quality of movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just for those in the fitness industry. That That's where I'm leaning, right? I want yeah. I want everybody to understand that Quality of movement is a, uh, it's golf, it's tennis, it's baseball. And that foundational information is going to be so key um, for, or even just running around, just being an overall healthy person, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's training for fitness versus training for vitality. It's training to make a workout hard or to make a workout smart. Uh, and I'm going to say this, and I mean no disrespect to anybody, but a high school senior football player can make a workout hard and he has 
having yeah, liquor sure. schooling in his world. Yeah. It's it just make it more weight, make it faster, and make it go longer. Yeah. And that that that, that that's really it. You can do anything on that. Just run upstairs, and you're going to yeah. puke eventually. Um, but to do it smart and do it biomechanically sound and do it with authenticity of the neuromuscular skeletal system and to do it with that person's goals and virtues and values in, in, in mind. Yep. And then it may also lofty stuff. It's just, it's just thinking deeper about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, fitness is great. Training for vanity, which is not a, that's not a negative word either to look sure. good is awesome because you feel good mm-hmm. and you get that mental willpower that I can do great things. But there's a limit to that when the knee joint says, I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. So now what? And there's a level well, I, of performance right. that we're, right. we're seeking, right? And that performance right. might be, I want to be pain free. I want to be able to pick up my kid. Um, right. And then beyond that, it's, I want to excel at my particular right. passion. Right. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, this conversation is not geared towards necessarily the the recipient of this information meaning the athlete or the client although i'm sure there's a lot of stuff in here yeah sure it's all carryover but yeah but i think you know for those trainers and those movement specialists that are looking for programming and kind of a a structure Mm -hmm. um, and just continued education right we need an opportunity to do that so i'm stoked yeah i'm stoked that you guys are putting it together um we're doing similar things over here at coach now to Mm. try to kind of foster specifically the business of coaching. That's why I've been really harping on that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think there's a wide open market there. I think there's a lot of people talking about in golf, like the, uh, the torque and yeah. the uh, force of a particular thing. And yeah. there's arguments in Facebook left and right, telling everyone how stupid they are. Yeah. I love uh, it. <laughs> but <laughs> love it. most of those people don't even make any money. Right. right. And one of my favorite coaches, Martin Chuck in the world of golf, he's like, you should be, if you're on a force plate, your force should really change when you put your wallet in your pocket. Like you should be really leaning heavily on that right side if you've got your wallet in your pocket because that means you're paying attention to what you should be doing, which is building a solid business, right? Because mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to deliver great training if your doors are shuttered. Right. Um, so with that, we're going to wrap up here in just a second. This has been super great. I've, I'm, I'm very, very happy how the conversation went and oh, the, the, the stuff that you've been able to share with people. I know it's going to go really, really well. Um, two more things, where can people connect with you? Um, so gymnazo is the brand, but I know you are as an individual. So maybe point us to where people can go. Yeah. Um, so, um, at gymnazo is the kind of handle for our business to see the facility, um, 3d underscore athlete. If you want to see, um, myself, um, but to the gymnazo point, you see all of our coaches and what they post and they have their own handles too. Just to, I like, we want to see the ecosystem of, of what we have. And then, um, um, and then for you guys, we have, um, we have coachnow.gymnazo.com. Okay. We have, uh, just for anyone listening, um, just to provide a little extra value for you guys, some videos and kind of just ways to some programming that we have that you want to give, give away, um, for you to see how we maybe do a warm-up sequence or how we kind of uh, mobilize in a sense. So we want to put that out there as well to dive deeper into the gymnazo kind of methodology and the methodologies that, that we've really attached to. So that's awesome. Can you repeat the URL one more time for us? Yeah. Um, coachnow.gymnazo.com. Okay. Beautiful. And then the last, the last question that I usually like to ask, and especially someone as seasoned and newly gray haired as me, mm. um, I'm with you. Kind yeah, of yeah, no, you're, mine's just a little longer, a little more obvious, right? <laughs> um, is 
Looking back at your career, and I think you've done an awesome job of kind of detailing the step-by-steps that, that come in um, as, as far as the business and the evolution of it, especially. But what, what advice would you give um, to somebody that might be listening to this that's maybe on the little younger side, right? Maybe they're, they're new to the world of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, some things you've already said, like just be an awesome trainer. That's great advice in itself. Um, but is there anything else that maybe you haven't said yet that you would have wanted to hear, you know, back in the day from somebody like you? Gosh, you know, um, a lot of things jumped to mind and, and instead of pondering here for a half hour, um, uh, it's really an Albert Einstein quote and I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase it, but, um, it's essentially to learn anything new, you have to forget what you've already learned. Uh, you, to learn anything new, you have to forget your previous education. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of methods in here and there's a lot of great, um, theories of fitness and movement. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of getting lost in those focus on the principles of movement, the truths. And I'm going to, I'm really going to give a uh, mentor of mine, Gary Gray, a lot of kudos here. F- study the principles of physics and as it relates to the human body, mm-hmm. study the principles of biology as it relates to the human body and study the principles of behavioral science as it relates to training and conditioning and coaching. I know those are broad segments, but if you can, if you can be a person who follows principles, then you can master any methodology versus chase methodologies and never really understand how they all connect. So that'd be my, that'd be my, my parting words in a very, uh, <laughs> grand sense. So <laughs> awesome, man. Well, for everybody that's listening, uh, please do give Michael and uh, Jim Nazo a follow there. Please go to the URL. Those will be in the show notes and everything too. Uh, cause I'm stoked that everyone kind of gets to see what I've been seeing for so many years and oh, especially you. as you start, you. Un- yeah, absolutely. Uh, and when you start unveiling, uh, more and more, uh, We'll yeah, January man. January uh, 2020. That's when this um, that's when this um, course online course will be uh, launched. And so. if nothing else, it's really important for everybody here to at least check it out when it launches to understand how the heck you can structure an online course, uh, right? It's just yeah. there's a lot of learnings just even in the process and the oh, structure. Oh, I tell you what. I tell you what. Yeah. It's so the truth. We're we're all going to learn a lot here over the next few months. So, Michael, thanks man. And Spencer, uh, was great. We'll catch up soon. Pleasure. Right? Honored. Hey there, Spencer here again with a quick reminder. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. It's our goal to make as big an impact on the coaching world as we can, and your support helps us do that in a big way. So again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.